You're listening to ORN with Austin and Ashley. sure i do it too but I, I just notice it in other people and especially like with candy she'll do it and i ask her or i tell her you know we say like a lot <laughs> the word like or it was like it was like it was like while you're talking <laughs> and it just becomes part of your convert your your vocabulary and it, it doesn't need to be there at all <laughs> but we all do it <laughs> like i know <laughs> yeah really like i mean i'm, I'm i do it I know I do it, but I'll catch myself too. And then I'm just uh, like, I could have done it right there. Cause I do, I just use the word like a lot, but like the phrase that I hear a lot is, uh, I was like, and it's just, it gets too, too easy to do. And I'm like, uh, see, I just did it. <laughs> well, you know, when I'm recording the, I mean, when I'm doing the editing of the podcast every week, I notice that a, a lot that we both say like, um, Maybe you more than me, so Probably. I was going to talk to you about it off the podcast. But since you brought it in <laughs> HR problems. <laughs> I don't mean to bust you out here, but this is like Howard Stern stuff, man. We just bust each other out all the time on stuff. Uh, uh, who, who hogged the bathroom? Oh. <laughs> well, you know what? You've been gone for a little while. I mean, and... and I didn't want to do the podcast by myself. I didn't want to go solo because I know nobody wants to hear me talk solo, like the movie or just solo by myself. Yeah, I couldn't do it either. (laughs) So so I, you know, I uh, uh, hired my other friend there to who's never seen Star Wars to come on and, and give his opinion of a star war movie okay so you use the phrase hire which means you paid this person right <laughs> oh yeah of course <laughs> with a probably free dinner <laughs> i want to <laughs> dine you make you watch star wars episode one <laughs> no nah, i didn't do anything like that i was just playing i was nah. just playing i didn't pay him any money but you know speaking but, of episode one just real quick it was i brought that up because i think today is technically the day it, it premiered right the are 19- you kidding me is it? I think so. I think it was the nineteenth, May nineteenth, and um, and I pulled up the teaser poster with Anakin on Tatooine, and you see the Vader shadow. Showed that to Candy. I'm like, man, that that's still like you look at that. That poster still holds a lot of power. It's really good. It does. And you are correct. I just googled it. May nineteenth. Oh wow! I was wondering. That I is, saw somebody post about that today, and I said, hmm. that is absolutely crazy. This day, this day in Star Wars history, The Phantom Menace debuted. Do you remember when you watched The Phantom Menace? <sighs> I do. I didn't get to watch it the day of. Right. Be- because either. that's right around the time I started dating my wife. I remember that. And I had to wait on her because she had to work. 
ho hum. <laughs> we actually waited till <laughs> we actually waited till the next day to go see it. Uh, and I just, I, you know, I couldn't listen to anybody. I, I couldn't talk to my friends or anything that liked Star Wars because everybody had already seen it. And I, I hadn't seen it yet. <laughs> so it, it, it was a bummer that I had to wait till the next day. But it, from what I can remember, I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... We probably saw it on the same day then, because it had to have been a Saturday. But it was—I mean, it was that. I think it was the weekend of opening weekend, because we went and saw it. Uh, my mom took me, and well, did, uh, did it come out on a Friday or a Wednesday? I can't remember. Or did it? Or maybe wait. I thought it came out on that Friday. And you know how they used to yeah, do. I'm, maybe it was Wednesday, but you could be right. Let me. So if, if so, then I didn't see it to that weekend. But I, for whatever reason, I feel like it was like it came out that Friday, and I, I we watched it the following Saturday. But um, May nineteenth was a Wednesday. It okay, was. so boom, there you go. So I didn't get to see it until that following weekend. But uh, and, it, you, hmm? and you know what? I I'm misremembering too because I didn't get to see it till that Saturday as well. Yeah. So we both saw it late. <laughs> yeah. But I just remember going to the theater with mom and and you know, getting settled and there was a just a couple of times where I had to get up and um security was tight. It was really weird. That was the first time I'd ever experienced like a because you used to could just run from theater to theater if you wanted to because I've I've done a few double <laughs> double cinemas, you know, where you, you just get left at the theater and you get to go see like two movies because nobody mm-hmm. said anything. But oh, yeah. like this was weird because the guy I remember he had a ponytail. He was like the perfect like the real version of the comic book guy from the Simpsons, <laughs> but he had, the, he had the ponytail. I just remember the ponytail and he had a Darth Maul tie and it's like everything else about him. I, you, you, it doesn't matter how he could have been a cool guy. He could have been a bad guy. Who knows? But he was just so cool because of that tie. I love that tie so much. I wanted that Darth Maul tie, but he was just checking the tickets as we came in. So I have a, it's somewhere. I have an old Phantom Menace ticket with the, uh, the notches he put like um little pin notches on them anytime you go in and out so it's really weird mm-hmm. but no wow. I, I just remember that movie just being I, I enjoyed it i just that feeling of um you don't know what's going to happen at all i mean we know because we know that we have two more movies that's going to tell the rest of the story but we know that based off the fact that obi-wan kenobi's super young anakin's super young we just know that this is a kind of an open field don't know what's going to happen sort of deal and so everything's just getting thrown at you and you just get, it's all new experiences. And I fully enjoyed it. I enjoyed the pod racing. I mean, I, I'll tell you this much. I feel like I enjoyed the pod racing and I wasn't even as big a fan of the pod racing as a lot of other people. Yeah. That's how I feel. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't something that like, I, I even enjoyed playing the pod racing games. You know, they were, they were fun, but at the same time, it wasn't like a, my favorite thing in Star Wars. Everything was always the ships and the, you know, the dog fights and the space battles. So the pod racing was cool and all, but I just understood it more as something that George Lucas put in there because he loved drag racing and things like that. So it was real fun to translate that over into the Star Wars universe. Yeah, I can understand that. You know, when I watched it, I thinking back on it, there were a few things that I didn't, I don't know if it, I didn't care for, or didn't understand quite understand why they went that way, but it didn't like 
uh, there I go again. Like, but it didn't take <laughs> away from my enjoyment of the film. Right. So the thing that the first thing that I saw that I remember seeing that bugged me was how different it looked from the original trilogy. Because in the original trilogy, you grow up and watching it and there's this used lived in oh, environment. Yeah. Yeah. This was a, this was an early complaint of mine too. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. And everything was so bright and shiny. Yeah. <laughs> and it's only 30 years. There's only what? 30 years difference mm-hmm. between the Phantom Menace and a new hope. It's like, how in the world did this whole universe turn to crap in 30 years? Right. But I will say my argument for that, because I, I had the same thought. I was like, and here we go again. Like, <laughs> I, my thought wave was you're mainly focused on one planet because back then they didn't have much of a fleet. Um, I thought the the Rebel block, I mean the um, Republic uh, blockade cruiser or whatever you want to call it. That yeah. that Qui Gon and Obi Wan were on, you know, at the very beginning of Episode One, it kind of gave that that similar feel to the Tana Four, the uh, Corellian blockade runner. So that that was a connection there, but it was a loose thread because we never saw any fighters of the Republic. So the fact that it was a like a centralized, like this is totally about Naboo. So they were Naboo fighters versus the droid fighters. Now the droids, that technology was something I was really interested in and wanted to delve into deeper, but I really enjoyed the fact that Naboo had this particular style that just looked sleek and shiny and just untouched. It it looked like old, like old Cadillacs and things like that. I mean, this movie had a lot of George Lucas's winks and nods, like the drag racing and the sleek, you know, those Cadillac looking, uh, fins and things like that. You know, the Naboo Starfighters, they, they really give that impression, the chrome and all that. But, um, I really enjoyed that, but I was at the same time, I'm like, I wonder how how this is going to translate into the X-Wing fighters and Y-Wings and things, which I thought would probably be what we would follow up with the the next two. And they didn't quite roll it out the way I had hoped. That's why I don't really have a deep connection for the a lot of the, the ships that are used on the Republic yeah. side, you know, in the Clone yeah. Wars. I just wasn't, I wasn't big. I didn't have as much of a connection. Not until we got to the, to the Rebellion. Exactly. And so another thing that really bugged me was them killing off Darth Maul because they made such a big deal about him in the trailers leading up to it. Right. It's like, Oh, this guy's the new baddie for the whole trilogy. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And he's just the baddie for this movie. Right. Or half of the baddie. You know, and actually Sidious is the actual villain of the trilogy, which you kind of knew that going in. I think I, I remember a lot of people were still debating whether, Palpatine was actually the emperor. Oh yeah. See, I was, I was always just the person that thought, well, I mean, he's going to become the emperor. We do know that, but it'll be interesting to see how they, how, you know, because he was so nice in episode one. I I kind of enjoyed the fact that he was just this friendly guy the whole time, but you would catch glimpses of him, but they just mm-hmm. never alluded to, I mean, they never get blatantly alluded to his future until, you get to episode two. Well, at the very end, when Qui-Gon's burning, and Yoda says, or May said, well, which one do we kill? The master, the master or the apprentice? Mm-hmm. And then they kind of look over at 
Palpatine. Right, I mean, the camera right. just shines in on his face, and right. you almost get this before the camera pans away. It's almost like this glint of a of a smile, you know, like just the start of a smile. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's really um, good at that's the one thing. Ian McDiarmid is really good at at when he's playing Palpatine is giving that particular smile where it's I know everything that's going on. Exactly. <laughs> smile, yeah. It's just And it's not even and, and and sometimes it's so good it's like not even a smile. smile it's like right. maybe we're maybe we're thinking there's fixing to be a smile. <laughs> but right. but, but like it's anticipating the smile but it's never there. Right, exactly. No, I I totally dig that. But yeah, I mean, there, that was just a couple of things that I did not enjoy about the Phantom Menace. But overall, I did enjoy the movie so much. I mean, I, I watched it several, several times. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, still, in, in, in the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just enjoyed it. I've always been an advocate. Like, I mean, I try. I've always been a defender of the prequels in, in general. But I will say, as time goes on, when you really look at it, I mean, the to me, the stumble, the stumble was the attack of the clones. I never, I never harbored much hate for. Fa- I don't harbor much hate for any of them, but I never really hated Phantom Menace at all. I never got why people got so angry. I felt that everybody just channeled all their anger because it was because of the fact that Jar Jar was the comedic relief of the movie that people didn't like that, so they just felt like it was their obligation to express how mad they were about it. I guess, and I never understood it because I thought it was yeah. obvious. It's like he's obviously not for you. Like if you. If you if he gets on your nerves, that's fine because he's supposed to in a way. So that's yeah. why I never understood that the the extreme backlash at Jar Jar, and, and to the point now where it's even he's he's they're trying to put him down in history, and that could be another conversation. But they're trying to put him down in history as the you know racist character. So you know it, it it's it's really bad that you see all that negativity there. And when I really think that Attack of the Clones was the kind of where we stumble a little bit, you know it. it tried to you know give you a, a thread and a connecting story but i don't know and i was i just remember dooku being played up to be the you know the next villain and i'm thinking okay so he's going to be um sort of the the pre-vader like this is sort of palpatine uh, using this guy or you know trying to you know, get basically it's a tryout like are you going to be my next apprentice that sort of deal. And I thought he would be the, the step up in the next villain since Maul's definitely not coming back. Because that was the big thing when you say Daw- you know, Maul getting killed made you mad. Yeah, I was I was like, oh man, you know, he was such a good bad guy to see him. To see him go down by Obi-Wan, though, is why I was okay with it. Yeah, but you expect him to escape to escape, right? But I just at the very end to, to come back and you know, yeah, but and I trouble the good guys for another film, right? And that, but my thing was, I was so naive. I thought, well, you know, they'll probably if you know they'll just bring him back because they're even. I just remember back then after that movie came out, even back then there were conversations. I know between me and a lot of people uh, talking about him coming back with metal legs, you know, just having robot legs. Like he'll mm-hmm. he'll come back. I bet I bet he'll come back because he was just such an awesome character. We we refuse to accept the fact that he was dead because they all just they kind of they they kill him off. But you can always just kind of in your head go, yeah. But did he ever really die? Because you never see him die. You just see him fall down a hole in two pieces. You know, and we know in Star Wars land when you cut something off, it doesn't always mean it it's it's gone forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or you know, it doesn't exactly. mean it can't be regrown. So we mm-hmm. it was just always that fantasy that that fan. 
fanfic where it's like, oh, if Maul, if Maul came back with metal robot legs and or seek revenge on Obi Wan, that was the big thing. And then Tails, I think, did that in the comics. They did a story where Maul kind of sneak yeah. attacks Obi Wan in the desert, which everybody I think always ends up with that story because that's where <laughs> Kenobi is. But they, uh, yeah, and it, to see it now as being canon is insane. And twenty years later, yeah, he's back. Anyway, right? Exactly. Exactly. Because of all that, all that fan uproar, I think Lucas just to say, oh, "Okay, we'll give him Darth Maul." During the Clone Wars, yeah. you know, when they were bringing that back. But, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed The Phantom Menace. You know, the last episode, I had one of my buddies come on who's never seen a Star Wars movie. And I debated which one to let him watch first, but I went with The Phantom Menace just to go kind of in order. Mm-hmm. And he watched The Phantom Menace. And he had less than stellar, <laughs> a less than stellar <laughs> review of it. Uh, what was this? What was his... Uh- or what was his overall review? What was his overall thought? He so his son watched it with him too, and his son is four, mm. you know, four years old. Okay. And he said he said at times he had to make his son stay in there, but because his son wanted to get up and go watch other things. Yeah. His son liked the pod racing. He he you know he really enjoyed that. He liked the lightsaber fights at the end. But I think uh, the problem was it gets long in between with lots of government talk, politics, Mm -hmm. and but but I told him to keep in mind this movie is setting is setting up not only the prequel trilogy but it's setting up everything going forward, even the original trilogy that we'd already seen. Mm -hmm. It's basically you know setting up this is how we get to. Right. Or, or why we end up where we do in the original trilogy. So this movie had a lot to do. And uh, you know, actually, it had more to do, in my opinion, than any of the other films in the in the prequel trilogy. So I, I, I get it. I understand why it's not the greatest. But he is saying he's going to, you know, watch the next one at some point. <laughs> On his own time, yeah. Um, yeah, at some point. Hmm. Yeah, I will say, though, I feel like the... Episode one, definitely, when I watched it, I thought, you know, kids is going to like it, but I don't know, four, year, four years old is probably a little young. I would say anybody from probably six to eight, maybe, and then up would probably really enjoy it. But the, the yeah, all the political stuff in the prequels was a, a downer. I thought for sure that they could, they could underwrite that. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, uh, you know, convey what's going on political-wise, like, just in back talk or in, you know, in backhand speak or whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah. That sort of thing probably would have worked a little bit better being that these were supposed to be movies that are more accessible for a young audience and an old audience. So yeah, the political stuff, I thought Lucas was getting a little overzealous, but that's why I thought with the, the third movie, the third movie was back to basics. The third movie really, episode three was what the whole point of the prequel trilogy was. So it, it really had like the benefit of just being able to wreak havoc and show you everything, the fallout, everything leading up to the, the original trilogy. So it was just like, yeah. okay, we're going to, we're going to make Anakin bad and he's going to become Vader and you're just going to see it all just, and they do a good job of that. That's the thing is they do a good job of, of 
pulling it off and really leading it, leading us up into the into the original trilogy. But yeah. I, I feel like they do. I mean, they. I feel like they, in terms of just going, okay, this is what you came to see. Boom! It's just like here's the big lightsaber fight. You know, the, with the lava and you, <laughs> everything. The only thing I would say is that they they had to quickly find a way to write off Padme. There was a few, a little bit of that, but you know, the third movie really just kind of conveys everything. But so it doesn't have to get as political. But one and two definitely, and two is more of a detective movie. But it would just it was trying to become too mysterious to the point where I it was like I didn't think that anybody cared who Sifo-Dyas was or <laughs> what you know what why Jango Fett was helping create a clone army they didn't really fi- have a good way of explaining that and it took them having to come up with a cartoon series to really make it work you know and make the movie you know when you put the movie as like an instance among a longer story arc then of course you can write it off and you can make it work but it took them, you know, that's why there's a lot of articles now where they say, oh, you know, now, now the prequels work because of the TV series and things and, and the yeah. expanded universe. I'm like, of course, because now they can retcon as many things. They can correct whatever you or put things in better context, things like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But, I, I but now you have a generation of kids who have grown up in the 20 years since the Phantom Menace debuted. And this is their Star Wars. And they have a love and a passion for the prequel trilogy like we had for the original trilogy. You know? Right. And and so that just goes to show that those three movies are not bad movies. They're not they're not horrible films like some Star Wars fans think or used to think. They're actually really really good movies and they did what they were meant to do and, and yeah. that's bring in a whole new generation of fans to carry on Star Wars. Yeah. The, until, I'll, I'll tell you this much. The only ammo, and this is my opinion, the only ammo you have, like the, all the movies, like you said, they're all great movies. They're well shot. They're, they're, you know, they're groundbreaking for their time. They created what is now, you know, just conventional film technology, digital, you mm-hmm. know, digital, uh, film now is just, you know, that, that big thing now. It's like digital versus film. That's huge now. But, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people use digital technology now when they're filming. And it, and it's, you know, it, it breaks a lot of barriers. Episode two did that. Episode two is the first one to do that. So those movies can stand the test of time just knowing, you know, like, look, we, we set a, a standard for just technical excellence all along. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, I mean, the only ammo I think anybody could have on these movies being bad would be, Okay, you can make fun of Hayden Christensen's uh, performance of Anakin any day because in Episode Two he's horrible. He's he's just terrible because I can watch <laughs> yeah. it now. And I can't. I mean, really, he's he is cring is cringeworthy, and I don't mm-hmm. understand why Lucas was so gung ho about that kid. I mean, I, I he he really knocked it out of the park in Episode Three. I was really proud of him in that movie, but Episode Two that kid struggled. He he struggled really bad. I, I don't. I just don't think he really. Gave, you know, he could probably do his action sequences okay, but just in terms of acting, it just came off really bad. So that's the only ammo anybody could have is that. Oh, I'm going to make fun of his acting, but after after a while, you get tired of it because that's the thing is I think a lot of people just got it got old trying to rag on the prequels because they really aren't that bad movies. They they kind of hold up, especially nowadays. Yeah. They hold up a lot better now because they have the expanded universe, but they really do hold up. And I and I've read some articles and heard some interviews where maybe 
Hayden's performance in both movies was not his fault. He he went at the direction of George Lucas. Oh yeah, to, yeah, and I, and I don't think about that enough. You do have to take that into consideration because George Lucas is not a an actor's director because he's just yeah. not going to give him anything. He's just going to say faster and more intense. That's that was another maybe, downfall with the prequels is it should have been directed by someone else just so they he at least would be able to have someone go okay, hold on for a second let's let's think about this you know that sort of thing. But I don't, I don't think that was the point of him directing. I think he wanted to direct one. Oh, of course, of course he did. But, oh, of course he did. Well, but one to make more money because Lucasfilm was was in need of money before. Right. Oh, yeah. Before uh, the prequels came out, but two, he's such a an innovative director, innovative oh, of filmmaker. Of course. That this was his experiment. This is he wanted to see this work, so he did it. So I, I'm, I understand, oh, but. Yeah. Looking back on it, yeah, you wish that somebody else would have taken the helm. Oh yeah, I mean, and, in hindsight, it's always going to be twenty twenty. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand Lucas. That's the thing is, I understand him. He is he is a very forward thinking director, and he just and also he thinks about like what's come before, and but he thinks about the technology and all that. I mean, he is a groundbreaking breaking director. But I just that's why I say he's not an actor's director because he's not going to take that time to try to dig into the character as much or think about how this actor is going to approach the character. He's just going to be like, you just do it. Do whatever you want to do it. We just got to do it. And, you know, time's money. <laughs> so yeah, it's just really. like, yeah. And also he's in these movies. He just weren't, he wasn't checked. You know, he, he had full control. I mean, it's his company. Yeah. He directs, he writes everything. I mean, he can, he'll have his friends come in. That's why like in episode three, he had Steven Spielberg help direct mm-hmm. some scenes and he'll probably help. I think helped, um, write a scene or something. I know he had, um, uh, there was a, I can't remember his name. So somebody pretty big now who helped with the screenplay, I think for, for episode three. Um, so that probably is another reason why episode three was felt tighter, felt more like they, you know, it's like, okay, we, I know what you need to get accomplished and this is how we're going to do it. That's why I, I feel like three was a lot tighter of a movie. So yeah, yeah but, but- yeah. But also Lucas, you know, he he's always said that when he's making a movie, he doesn't make the movie sitting in the director's chair. Oh yeah, saying yeah. you know, <laughs> dude, he makes it in the editing room. Whew, yeah, because the technology he had at his disposal and the technology that was created for him allowed him to do crazy, ridiculous things to the point where the actors didn't even know some of the scenes until they walked into the theater and watched the movie. Right. You know, because I mean, he, he would literally like, okay, we'll take this scene and then we'll uh, merge this scene in with it. So it looks like this person's talking to this person. And actually they were never even talking in real life, you know, or, or we'll just uh, flip flop this, this person right here. So they're looking to the left instead of the right. I mean, he was doing crazy, ridiculous stuff with the technology he had. Right. Um, Which is probably stuff that they now incorporate more into movies, especially, I bet the Marvel movies probably have taken so much from doing Star Wars movies. Like probably a lot of, I mean, of course they're doing, using ILM, I think for, don't they use ILM for all of it? Uh, They are listed in the credits, but 
but they're not the only ones that do right okay. CGI work for them. Yeah. Right. I was just going to say, I think there, you know, for the most part though, there's, that means there's a lot of veterans there that, that have gone through all the star Wars movies and have gone on into these, doing these you know, production design and things for the, the new movies, mm. the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you just got to understand, like, I bet there's like all that, that rich knowledge and history there that, that gets taken over into these new movies. So all of yep. that, they're probably learning from Lucas. Oh or yeah. Working or yeah. working under him. Yeah. yeah. Well, now that we've talked about the Phantom Menace, let's switch gears a little bit because you're you're just coming back. You're just coming back from from uh, the great town of or I mean the great country of Ireland. <laughs> was that a good? Yeah. That was that was not a very not, good not Irish. Whew, not at all. Accent. Yeah. But um. But no. Wow. Um, yeah, I had a two week trip. It was a honeymoon trip uh, in Scotland first, and then Ireland. So. Mm-hmm. So, when you, did you have any kind of Star Wars experience there? Like, did you go to Octu or whatever? Well, that was the thing. Well, Candy tried to get us as close to, to there as possible, but I don't think we ever. I don't think we were ever on that side or got to that part of Ireland. But the you know we were. I know we went to the Isle of Skye. We went to the the Iron Islands. We went to um, the Cliffs of Moher. And if you go to you know places like the Cliffs of Moher and the Isle of Skye, a lot of the landscape, um, which I think the Isle of Skye that might have been Scotland, but I know the Cliffs of Moher. When we went there, was a lot like Octo. It was so much. I mean, the, the color. I mean, just the weather. It was windy. It was gray. The landscape, how it was hills and rocks and the rock formations, and even the rock. You know, the the rock. When I say rock formations, even the huts and the fences and things like that, it was all exactly like Octo. So a lot of that was just the same, probably the same history, same, um, you know, there's probably connections there. So I thought that was really cool. And there was also pelicans around the Cliffs of Moher that were flying around. Like they weren't close to us, but you could see them off in the distance. And just thinking about like the, the, the um, porgs and stuff, you know, how they use that as inspiration. Oh yeah, was, I thought that was really cool. But yeah, I, I had a moment while I'm walking up there, and we're and it's a pretty steep climb. You know, we're walking up these these cliffs here, and, and I'm just like, God, I, I feel like I'm Luke Skywalker on Octo right now. <laughs> yeah. Big coat on. It was so cool. It was so cool. I really wish we could have gotten to to Skellig Michael, um, but I don't. I mean, you know, Ireland though. I mean, it's. I will say a lot of it. it you know, it looks a lot alike. It looks a lot like what you would see there. Like if, if you look into farmland and things like that. So you can see where they kind of got the inspirations for Octo. Hmm. Beautiful so, so what you're saying is you had a, a good trip. Oh yeah. I definitely had a good trip. trip. Um, I actually even saw, uh, you know, I know this isn't the Marvel podcast, but I did, we did get to see Avengers Endgame in Dublin, Ireland. So uh-huh. that was pretty cool. But um, but yeah. In terms of Star Wars, I mean, I was well, really before before you before you get on. Let let me cut. Let me stop stop you right there and just say sure. about Avengers Endgame. And I know this is not the Marvel podcast. That was, I think, while it didn't end the Marvel the MCU, mm-hmm. it was an ending for a phase of the Marvel MCU. Mm-hmm. And I think that 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 it was an ending that was truly satisfying. Yeah, I agree. Much more than any movies ending I've seen in a very long time. And I'm going to get this back to Star Wars. 
you know, Star Wars is coming up with an ending in December. I don't know that Star Wars is going to deliver an ending like Avengers Endgame right. delivered. And that kind of sucks, doesn't it? I mean, if you think about yes. it, they have to live up to that this year, and that's uh, not fair. <laughs> it's it's not fair. And and another thing is, I'm concerned for Star Wars and the fact that I think Marvel may be overtaking Star Wars as the number one franchise. Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, Star Wars, my thing is, is I guess may, I, I hate to point everything to The Last Jedi, but God, if, it seems like, I feel like in this political climate and the way everybody is so just, they're, it's trigger warning is all I can think of in, as a phrase. I mean, everybody is triggered. Everybody's ready to blow and go off. Then you you come around with the Last Jedi that just could not like Ryan Johnson refused to just pay like fan service. He was just gonna try to do something fresh, and it was just, it came off as antagonizing. Mm-hmm. And in this political climate, it's like it's only gotten worse. So people are starting to write off Star Wars. They even I feel like even to the point that Solo. Well, I think that and the fact that Solo had its behind-the-scenes problems, that suffered. And and it's just a mud, it's just a mudslide from now. Like, I, I really do hope that the last movie recovers. I think the trailer helped. I mean, people people were super psyched about the trailer. I feel like people were really positive. Yeah. So I just were. hope that J.J. Abrams... And he to me, I feel like he's the master of, of fan service. So maybe he'll pull one off that, that just will satisfy everybody. He is, but I just, man, after watching Avengers Endgame, and I've been to see it twice, and I get the same emotional response both times I watch it. I've only both seen times. it once. I do need to. I need to see it again. I do want to see it again. But the and, yeah, and I dude, and, it being satisfying, it was definitely a good closure. I only had one problem. Uh huh. Go ahead. I mean, go ahead. I mean, we take a few minutes. I mean, well, I'm just saying. Everybody's in terms of the and, and this is just like in in regard in general. I bet. I've, there's two different things I've or franchises I've noticed that have kind of done this, but this movie felt at the, like the final battle of Endgame. It was uh-huh. very video gamey and very like green screeny to the point where like, because I know that a lot of those people showed up for work and di- you know they just did a green screen thing and then they you know went home and that was it. I know that, but I could kind of see it reflected on the screen where it was just all everybody showed up. They were just you know. There's no set. There's nothing. It's just green screen. And they were given a script to act off of, and they just kind of give their reactions, give their, you know, because a lot of it was CG anyway, like even the, the action. I just felt like there was oh, yeah. so much fakeness that, you know, it was sort of like they could phone it in, you know, because there's so much of the Marvel Universe that's in real life. But I guess with this movie, they, they did a lot of the realness in terms of the story. So at the, at the very end, they just have a big fantastical ending. I just felt like it and, was so weird. And it's not that it wasn't bad, like, oh, I hated that that final fight. I really loved I really liked it, but I still at the same time look at it and I'm like, wow. Like I can really see these people just running around like a a set. It's just a big hangar <laughs> uh, with green screen and they're just like you know, basically the same thing they did with Star Wars episode two. Like there's not yeah, a, like, not the only set is the the lightsaber you're holding in your hands, if that's real. <laughs> the rest of it's green like, screen. Yeah, so so basically you're thinking of it like up, oh, take the music away, take the 
CGI way, and they're just running around. Ah, yeah, Ooh. pretty much. They're like in a gymnasium <laughs> in South Atlanta, and they're just like yeah. laughing about the fact that this is so silly. This is going to be a billion dollar movie, guys. <laughs> and action. Ah, <laughs> uh, but 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 going back that scene you're talking about, I, and I go back and I watch this on YouTube because you. A lot of people have pirated the movie. And <laughs> there's this clip on YouTube that you can actually see uh-huh. when, spoiler alert, if you hadn't seen Avengers Endgame by now, I mean, you're not going to watch it. I mean, why are you listening to the podcast? I know this is not Marvel, but we're going to spoil this anyway. When when Cap, when all the people are coming back and that he gets this huge army behind him, all the heroes and everything, and he says Avengers Assemble. Oh, my God, dude. That is just like. Yeah joyful tear inducing like blah i can't you know i can't believe this <laughs> no i, I and, agree and i agree because i mean he just reaches out and Mjolnir just comes to him and he says avengers assemble and you're like ah we've reached the end yeah and uh i, I hope i'm praying that i get that same feeling from star wars don't don't I, i'm not gonna say i didn't get uh, happy at the trailer that we saw because I got, I got emotional at the trailer, but I think a lot of that is just seeing Lando again and the music because I think eighty percent of Star Wars is that freaking John Williams music. Yeah, and yes, you put that classic that. music to it, and it's like it just the um, the emotions and the the feelings you had from when you were little, just come welling back up into you and you're just like, Oh, I'm a kid again. You know, <sighs> I'm hoping it delivers. That's all I'm saying yeah. in a way that the last Jedi didn't. And I, and I like last Jedi. It took me a couple of viewings, but I like it. Um, but I, I, I'm hoping that the rise of Skywalker goes above and beyond anything that the last Jedi did. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. It's just, it's one of those things too, because it, it can become such antagonistic, uh, like battleground, you know, cause you have a, as a filmmaker, you have a vision, you have something you want to achieve and, and put out there that's yours. And then the public may not like what you have rolled out. <laughs> so it's just a matter of, Oh, do I give them what they want or what I want? And so, at the same time, I'm, if you look at this climate and you look at all these these shakeups like the the backlash with Solo and, and the last or the last Jedi and Solo and stuff mm-hmm. like people reacting to, I'm sure you've heard of like the Game of Thrones, you know, the recent season, like it's going like people are getting angry at stuff that happens or whatever because maybe their characters aren't doing what they thought they would do or whatever. So it's just <laughs> you you get these storylines and these other shows and and these movies where the endings. There's always like a backlash to it. I always wonder how much of that these filmmakers take into consideration when they're coming up with an ending. You know what I mean? Like, uh, how, how I, do you? Th- I mean, you. I know that there's think, creative. You you have to have like your creative spark, and you have to have that part of you that wants to. I don't know. There to me, it's always a double edged sword because I've, I'm always a person that wants to give something that is amazing like i want to give somebody the best possible experience and i want it to be something that comes from me but i also i I mean i want you to enjoy it so it becomes if you're not enjoying what i'm doing you know maybe especially if you're giving me a chance to to kind of 
fix it a little bit or maybe kind of re you know change direction a little bit and maybe let's try to try to come up with something different because it's not working that sort of behavior i wonder if if there's going to be any of that with the rise of skywalker where it's like okay it's not 100% working what can we take and how can we shift gears a little bit and make it work better like you know, thing like things that Ryan did, and things that I did in Force Awakens. That maybe there's things like basically take the things that work from both, and then come up with with you know a, something a, a great ending that takes everything that works. Honestly, I think so. I think it will work out. I don't think J.J. Abrams is a great storyteller. I think Ryan Johnson is a great storyteller. I think he's very thoughtful and he puts a lot into the story mm-hmm. because he wants to create something unique and, and deliver something to fans that makes them think. I think JJ Abrams is a crowd pleaser. I think he's a crowd pleaser, but I do think that Abrams can tell a good story too. Though. I mean, he's come yeah, up with what, his thing is, though, is his his thing is he's good about the mag, the mysterious box. He's always good about the a mystery and about presenting you with that idea of, hey, here's a box. What's in the box? Well, I don't know. How about we, you know, we come and figure it out? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I just I don't think that this movie is going to miss. I think they have too much invested. They got too much riding on episode nine being a hit. I mean, that's why you bring back JJ Abrams because episode seven was so good. Fans seem to like it. Bring back JJ Abrams. That's why you go to George Lucas and you say, I need you involved. I need you helping me wrap up all of these films. You know, what what are your thoughts? I wonder how much of that's true though. Like, did they really do that? Lucas and say, "Hey, I need your help." Because I doubt it. I really doubt it. Uh, you know, I, I think they did. I think they did. I think it. I, I think that because he is the mastermind behind the original six movies, right, and the mastermind behind the Clone Wars, he's the master. He's he is the Godfather. I mean, he he knows it like the back of his hand. He knows stuff that we don't know. Or, or he knows what he intended for some of this stuff to be. I think that you have, because of where we stand with episode eight, everything's riding on episode nine. Yeah. And I, I think that they had to go back. They had to say, you know, please, George Lucas, you're our only hope. No, they didn't do that. But they said they want to get this right. They, Disney is banking on this thing being right. They can't, I don't know that they can afford another last Jedi. I mean, how many flops can you have? Well, I'm sure, I, I'm sure the rise that. of Skywalker will make a lot of money. Right. But see, it's not even that because the last Jedi didn't flop either. The thing about it is it, you're the solo flop. What? The thing is, yeah, solo, solo flop because of the last Jedi. So they're trying to figure out how do we m- not repeat that? Because it's like, well, you know, fan, it's like the whole thing about the fans. Do they have the fans, uh, dedication? To, you know, like, have they, have they had enough time to, to cool off and give this one another chance? That's what they're well, worried I don't, about, I think. Yeah, I don't think. Okay. So 
Solo did flop. I thought Solo was a much better movie than The Last Jedi. It's just Solo didn't make the money that The Last Jedi did. The Last Jedi made the money because it's a Star Wars. It's one of the episodic Star Wars films, right? And it it flopped in the eye of public perception. Just like Batman vs. Superman made a crap ton of money. But it flopped in public perception. And <laughs> Justice League felt the flop of Batman versus Superman. Right. And I'm hoping the last, that the rise of Skywalker doesn't feel the flop of the last Jedi. That's why from day one, it needs positive fan feedback Mm -hmm. to go because you're going to, I guarantee you're going to have some people. I'm not going to see I'll wait for a video for that. If it's anything like the last Jedi. Right, exactly, and that's that's why I feel like that's where the fear is because the last Jedi didn't fail. The last Jedi, I mean, it didn't make the amount of money that we it could have. Like it could have, you know, if it was, you know, if if the public, I guess, if the fans accepted it even more, it probably would have made way more money. Probably would mm-hmm. have made like end game numbers or close to yep. it. But this time around, I think they're going to start. They're building the goodwill because you have the rise of Skywalker. The title itself is, I think, real positive. Then you have Palpatine possibly coming back, so that's another positive. So I think they're, I, I, I feel, I think they're getting ready to to deliver something great. Yep. But I'll tell you, this is it was really cool too um, uh, about Ireland. Uh, while I was mm-hmm. there, we we went to Belfast and mm-hmm. um, um, oh Lord, it was. Basically, where where the Titanic was built, mm-hmm. we went there. There is a museum there that you can do. It's called Titanic Belfast, and that whole area is near the studios that are they're part of Titanic Belfast. They're part of that area, but it's like right on the water. But apparently, that's where they filmed Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we got wow, to see the, like the studios. The, this is like. That. Welcome to the pop culture show. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. But no, I was just thinking about, you know, because Game of Thrones connects to Star Wars. So it was just, I was thinking, you know, they're wrapping up there. They've they've shut down production, but all the stuff was still there. So I got to see the studios and got to see the green screens and stuff. And then we got to do the tour of the, you know, where they had all this, the, the costumes and props and everything set up. So I got oh, to yeah. look at all that. That was pretty cool. But then I'm thinking about the creators and how their their next thing is the the new Star Wars series. Yep. So that that news came out. So basically, the news is that after the rise of Skywalker, Dis- Lucasfilm or Star Wars is going to be taking a little hiatus from the big screen until what 2022, I think, is the next one, December 2022. So that's three. Three years, right? Yeah. Or four years. Three, um, three. 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 I'm sorry. My math is crazy. Um, and that kind of gives you a break between what has come with as far as Lucasfilm wrapping up the Lucasfilm films, right? Yeah. The Skywalker um, saga, yeah. Yeah, and, and and I'm gonna call I'm gonna dub that the Lucas Films. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think I I really think that they want to have this separation point 
where they start making the Disney Star Wars. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing at all. I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I think George Lucas knew how to make a movie. Disney knows how to make a movie. And it's different, right? Luke George Lucas made Star Wars the way he made he wanted to make Star Wars. He didn't have to answer to anybody. Disney has to answer to stockholders. Disney has to make sure these films are are blockbusters, mm-hmm. right? So I think they want to separate themselves so that there's not this comparison, or or, or they don't feel the need to always reference Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Chewbacca. R2-D2, C-3PO, everything that's come and gone and, and, right. and been in the past. And I, I think this is, in 2022, this is where it starts. They give us a break so that we have time to miss Star Wars at the theater and get us all hyped up for it again. And then the Game of Thrones creators bring Star Wars back. What that looks like, I don't know. What do you think that the Game of Thrones Star Wars looks like. First off, I wonder what time period they're going to do it in. It's not going to be Old Republic time, right? That that's a mystery. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It would be. I mean, it would be one thing for them to do that, but I would. I don't know. I just would. I guess you could go that route and try to do like a historical type Star Wars film, like see how it's like in the Dark Ages of Star Wars or something like that. You know. Um. I, I just don't, don't think that they're going to go from the Game of Thrones to Star Wars Game of Thrones. That's true. Right? I mean, that's me presuming because of that. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, at the same time, I don't know. I just feel like I, they're they're hired for their strengths, so they're going to put they're going to be put in some type of situation like this. I don't know if it's going to be like a um I don't know. That's. I mean, I'm just trying to think of what you would center your new trilogy around. Like, what would it involve? Honestly, I think it involves Ray, Finn, and Poe. So you, so you think they will continue on? Like, I they think will, they will continue their story. I think their con- their story continues away and apart from the old characters. I'm totally right. fine with that because I enjoy the new characters. I would really like to see them in a whole new situation. So. I just think that a little separation does the fan base well, and then you you come back and you make these this new trilogy of movies. Um, how does that look? I don't know. I mean, is the First Order gone after this movie? I can't. To me, I'm thinking of this in my head. You don't put that much time, that much effort, that much money into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge with the Rebel, with the Resistance and the First Order to do away with the First Order right as Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens. Right. I think there's still story left to tell between that. I don't think that gets resolved in this film. I think. Maybe the Emperor's storyline gets resolved. I think the Skywalker story gets resolved. And then I think it's how how do we plot forth towards, how do we plot, go forward with this? How do we, we, we'll one day have to bring a resolution to this Resistance First Order battle, but that will play out in the next 
three movie. That'll play out in a new trilogy with just the new characters going forward. You know, maybe Kylo Ren isn't even a part of that. Maybe he dies in the in this upcoming film. Right. And maybe I, like I a, just there's like some sort of a deal where they just kind of the first order goes their way, and you know the the alliance goes back there, or you know the resistance, or or maybe. Yeah, or, or 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 not even that. Maybe, maybe the movie is smaller. I mean, it's a big movie, but it's smaller in focus. Smaller in focus than what we're thinking it's going to be, and that the war between the resistance and the first order for the fate of the galaxy still rages on at the end. But now the resistance has a clear path to taking down the first order. And and that's where we leave the movie, you know, yeah, with so. yeah, I, yeah. I'm fine. I, I'm with just, that, but I bet people won't be. People will be very mad if that. If they, I mean, I don't know. I think either way, you can't win. <laughs> Somebody's gonna be mad. About yeah, it. I don't think you can win. I, I'm just. This is what I'm. I'm. I'm looking at everything. I'm. I'm sta- stepping back. You and I'm looking at interviews with Ka- Kathleen Kennedy, and I'm looking at how much money Disney's put putting into. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I mean, how how much does it cost to revamp a, a look like maybe take the first order out and replace it with something else? I don't know, but I'm sure they don't want to do that right here at the beginning. Um, and Kathleen Kennedy's gone on record and said, you know, this is probably not the last we've seen of of our new characters, our fins, our pose. You know, um, or I don't know if she actually named them, you know, by name. But she said, "I'm sure we'll see them again along the way." Right, and it, and that's and you should because you don't just invent characters for this trilogy and then, you know, like at least give somewhat of a you know, a, an, like a open pathway to where they could go. Like you said, they can be used in other stories because there's yeah. just such rich characters. I would like to see them kind of live on and do other things. And personally, I mean, this is just me personally. I'm not a big fan of the old Republic stuff, Knights of the Old Republic, yeah. all that. I think, you know, it's set what thousands of years prior to the original trilogy. Yeah. yeah I much. can't get over the fact that everything looks like it was made yesterday. And if I put myself in this original trilogy time frame, right. It's like, okay, look, this droid looks okay. Maybe this R2 unit looking droid is a little different, but uh, well, I remember they, looks- they used to before they got we got into the video games and stuff. I know, like the comic series, they would focus a lot even older. It would be like steampunk Star Wars. Yeah, and, and that's what I think what it should be. And I and I know yeah. Kathleen Kennedy and even uh, Bob Iger have gone on record as saying, you know, we we're looking at the old Republic timeline, but I think that's Disney streaming service stuff. Just my opinion. I, I mean, I don't think that's movie material. Unless it's Ryan Johnson's trilogy. You know, because Ryan Johnson's still on the Lucasfilm payroll right now, is developing his own Star Wars trilogy. So, but apparently it won't happen until after the Game of Thrones trilogy. Whoo! Dude, I I didn't even think we were going to have enough to talk about for for tonight's episode, but we're already 
we've already reached our hour yeah, goal. We haven't even talked about like new masters. Yeah, stuff. Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll since you know since there's really nothing new to talk about Star Wars and since Star Wars Celebration, which that Star Wars news will be gearing up soon, and we'll have way more of it than than we can even cover in an episode. But for now, it's kind of this calm before the storm time period before everything starts ramping up. So I'm sure we'll have plenty of time and next week we'll hit master and apprentice. We'll, we'll review that book. Um, and maybe we'll have, have a, had a chance to finish Dooku as well. I don't know, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's going to do it for this week. It's, I think this is a good week. Welcome back to the real world, Austin. Yep. Um, I know you had to come back to a new job and everything else too. So that's your world's kind of been turned upside down. Uh, I know, but, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, remember if you, uh, want to talk with us on social media, connect with us, you know, on online, you can always find us at outerrimnews.com where we deliver the latest star Wars news of any sort. Uh, on the website every single day. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Outer Rim News. You can also find us on Twitter at Outer Rim News and on Instagram at Outer Rim News. And also, Austin and I will be making an appearance, uh, not an official appearance, but an appearance at the Augusta Toy and Comic Show. June 21st, 22nd, we'll be there walking around the crowd, you know, um, doing a little toy shopping. Uh, you hopefully we'll have on something to let you know that we're there and you come up and say hi and say, Oh, your show sucks. Or, <laughs> yeah. or we like your show or whatever. It's immediately but, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll hope to see you there. Yeah, and also remember that the podcast is not endorsed or supported by Disney or Lucasfilm because since it's all entertainment purposes, the names and sounds we use are all copyright and registered trademarks of Disney and their respective copyright holders. All right, so in your travels this week, until we meet again, uh, I suggest doing a little research on Disney Plus because it's coming in November and you've already got The Mandalorian. you got the Clone Wars returning. You've got Cassie and Andor series coming up and a third series that Bob Iger said is in development that they can't talk about. So we'll find out a little more. Um, but also visit HasbroPulse.com too, because if you're having trouble like me, if you're like me and you have trouble finding Star Wars figures from Hasbro on the shelf, go to HasbroPulse.com. It's from Hasbro, they created the site. You can order direct, and you get so far everything that I've gotten from them is mint, mint condition, shipped pretty well. Um, and it's there, so uh, check that site out. Anything, Austin? I don't think that's pretty much it. All righty, with that said, may the force be with you. Peace.